0: I want to continue our series, The Modern Family, and I want you to pretend today that we have already introduced the entire series to you, and you know everything that's going on, and I can jump right in, because I I really felt that time with uh, Jeff was very special, and I didn't want to cut it short. Um, So let me abbreviate what I wanted to say to you this morning. God's love for you has put you at natural odds with the enemy. The fact that God loves you makes you an enemy to Satan. And he strategically targets you in an effort to get back at God. And so really you and I are incidental in the whole process. It's just that God loves us so much it invokes Satan's hate of us. Does that make sense? And the place that you see all of that bitterness and hatred and anger come to head is not just in a family like Jeff and Wendy or me and Stacy. Oftentimes we're strategically targeted, but you're strategically targeted too. Because your marriage, as we shared a few weeks ago, is God's design to reveal His glory on earth. And the enemy, if he can break that down, the enemy doesn't even need to get his hands on the church. If he just gets his hand on the marriage, the church is gone. It's shot. The church is made of marriages. And in Ephesians 5, we see how the husband and wife, Christ and the bride, we've talked about that, works together. The role of the husband and wife has been... Pushed around, manipulated, redefined. Television oftentimes portrays men as either bully, power-hungry people who abuse and manipulate the people they're supposed to be caring for, or cowardly, Brainless buffoons who are controlled by their desires and their appetites. On the other hand, the popular mold for a woman is either that she is a, an airheaded, mindless person with no will of her own, or she is a modern, sophisticated woman who will take whatever she wants through brilliant manipulation. And that brings us to ask a question in the whole thing called marriage. When is it that we ever learn to love each other for who we are? And for who God made us to be? Do you think when God created Adam and Eve that he had any of this stuff in mind? What a shame it is that so many of us enter marriage without any idea what role we're supposed to play. And as you see this cast of characters... Society is filled with opinions on what role that you and I are supposed to play. And in fact, you and I generally enter marriage and we play the role that either society has given us or our family of origin has given us or a role that we've defined out of the longing of our own insecurities and desires and personal needs or some combination of all that. But if you ever stop to ask yourself the question, what is my God-given role in marriage? What has God defined for me? In the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is the handbook for the Christian family in a spiritual battle. If If you want to know where's the book written on how a family is supposed to succeed and supposed to overcome, supposed to endure, supposed to strengthen itself in the middle of a spiritual battle, it's Ephesians. Ephesians moves through establishing... The battle that is surrounded in the cosmos and the plan of God inside that battle. Now, inside that battle, every time you choose God's way, you're making a spiritual statement to the forces of darkness, to your own soul, and to your family, and to the community that God's way is the best way, and that in the end, Satan loses and God wins. The greatest testimony that any church has are strong marriages and strong families and weak marriages and weak families that have been strengthened by God's power. That's the greatest testimony. In the end, no matter what you say, no matter what you accomplish, and no matter what you do will stand, if in the day of testing, your family and marriage breaks down and fails, people will look at you and say, I guess they didn't have it together either. The greatest testimony the church has. And it is shining as a brighter light all the time. Because it is getting considerably dark. In the middle of war, where the forces of darkness have brought a strategic focus on marriage, what is the role of the husband and the wife? Now this morning, I want to zoom in real fast. (laughs) And I want to do like um, Captain Kirk and John Luke Picard... In Star Trek, I want to boldly go where no man has ever gone before. I want to seek, I want to attempt to define the role of the wife in marriage. And I know that every woman will be back here next week with her husband when we define the role of the husband. But today, ladies first, we'll start with the role of the wife. Now, I'll give you my disclaimer. I don't pretend to know everything there is to know about women. I don't even confess to know everything the Bible has said about women. So I want to leave a large shoulder on the road in case I cross the line. You'll let me come back and get back on the road. And there'll be other things we all can learn as we go along the way. But for today, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, 21 through 24. Ephesians 5, 21 through 24. Ephesians 5, 21 through 24. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Most people that teach out of this passage start at 22. I want to start at 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, verse 22, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he's the Savior now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now jump down to verse 33. We've kind of talked through a lot of things, then we come back to verse 33, and there's a reference here at the end that ties this entire passage together. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. In a spiritual battle, what is the wife's role? It's very important that you heard the first thing I just said. In a spiritual battle, what is the wife's role? Not in everyday life, not when things are good, not when... In a spiritual battle, because Paul wrote this book with a military understanding that the Christian is at war because God loves the Christian, and, and God's love on us, His extravagant love on us, creates a, like a magnetic draw to the enemy to hate us. It's a polarizing thing. And so, what is, the, what is the role of the wife in spiritual battle? Well, according to Paul, verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord there is some understanding of submission. Now, that word has been misused, abused, thrown around, and if you'll not leave yet, and give me a minute to define what that might look like. Submission has to be taken in its broader, full biblical context. In Genesis chapter 127, the Bible says, God created male and female and gave them... Dominion, not him, gave them dominion over the earth. That meant that both male and female are made in God's image and were created equal in God's eyes. So let me tell you some some scriptural facts about women that you may not hear when you traditionally hear a teaching like this. Women were created as co-rulers over the earth with men and given the same authority to take dominion over it. Women were given holy callings by God to do holy ministry. Women, according to the New Testament, Paul said, in Christ there's neither slave nor free, Greek nor Jew, male nor female. In the New Testament, women are part of the priesthood of God. And we don't even have time to talk about um, women uh, ordaining of women in full-time ministry, but I just want to say today that I'm very grateful to be part of a church tradition that that recognizes that biblical function, because you can see in Scripture, in the New Testament, Philip's daughters were prophetesses. So inside the kingdom of God, women are co-rulers; wives are co-rulers, and wives are part of the priesthood of God. Now inside that equality, Ephesians five twenty one begins to define the nature of submission submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there is to be a mutual submission between husband and wife. The husband's role is to submit to his wife by loving her and serving her as Christ loved the church. The wife is to submit to her husband by respecting him and serving him as the head of the family. Christ is the head of the church, but the church has a pastor. The husband is the head of the home, Christ is the head of the home, but the family has a pastor, a pastor-leader. And inside the context of the authority structure that God has given to the church that is mirrored into the family, the husband is the pastor-leader of the family under the lordship of Christ. So let me basically give you, I can't say everything there is to say about the subject, but let me basically give you three, or four reasons. If you're taking notes, write fast, we'll burn the pen off help me and ask God to give me the ability to talk as fast as Jeff Garrett. And we will get through this. Why would God give the wife, the Christian wife in spiritual battle, the assignment? I'm not here to talk so much about the nature of submission or to define submission as I am to say Let's look at the wisdom of God that may be seen in that general function. Number one, God has given the wife the role of submission to declare that God's way is the best way. What do you mean by that? We said earlier, I hope you caught this, that when you choose God's way, you're making a statement to your own soul and specifically to the forces of darkness that have come against your marriage, that God's way is the best way, not the world's way. God's way is the best way. And sometimes He chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. But God's way is the best way. You are declaring, remember, you're in a spiritual battle, and what's going on around you is infused by forces of spiritual darkness. And you are declaring to those forces of spiritual darkness that are coming against your marriage and trying to destroy your marriage, you are declaring to them in your submission and fulfilling your role as a Christian wife, you are, you are stating to those forces of darkness, God's way is the best way, and by the way, you were wrong when you rebelled against God. Remember the story? when a third of the angels were cast down and began to follow Satan, what you're saying to them is, I'm not going to agree with you, I'm going to agree with God. God's way is the best way, your way is the foolish way. And by the way, God wins and Satan loses. And so when you take that strong stance You are declaring to those forces that are coming against you that are trying to tempt you, that are trying to shape your thinking, that are trying to drag you away, that are trying to confuse you into doing things that you may not should do or be harmful to your marriage or family. You are declaring to them, God's way is the best way and I'm going to hide underneath His covering. And and you are, in a sense, rebuking those forces off your marriage. Number two. God has given the wife the role of submission to meet her husband's need for respect. Verse 33 says, and the wife must respect her husband. What does that mean? Bring me grapes and tangerines and fan me with elephant ear leaves. That's not what that means. When you respect your husband you again are agreeing with God's plan and the divisionary work of darkness is defeated in your marriage. Your husband needs respect like you need water. God has built his soul that way. And he needs respect. Uh, this summer, uh, the first Wednesday of July, we've got three deeper life classes that are going to deal with topics on marriage. One will deal specifically, I want to encourage you to find one of these, one will deal specifically with love and respect. And it's built out of this passage. The wife's need in marriage is unconditional love. The husband's need in marriage is respect. And so, ask yourself this question. This, this will reveal the need. Ask any man or any woman this question. At work, what would you rather your employees, your co-workers do? Would you rather them respect you or, or love and care about you? Wife, every woman that quits her job says, I'm quitting because nobody there cares about me. Right? They're mean. The husband says, well, I hope they understand what a good worker I am. If I wasn't there, that place would fall apart. He doesn't want to get well, card, He wants a bonus. Right? Because the woman's primary need is unconditional love. The man's primary need is respect. I was doing premarital counseling years ago with a couple. or uh, Actually, it was uh, marriage counseling with a couple, and we were talking through this. And I was describing this, the differences here. And, and, and I was saying, now, you know, your need is unconditional love. His need is respect. And she said, but he, he, he hasn't acted in a way that he deserves respect. I said, okay i understand you're and, and you're probably right you know <laughs> us fellers can be cantankerous but but let me ask you a question um if you were to get in a car wreck and live crippled the rest of your life would you want your husband to to love you well yes if if you if you if you're something went wrong with your body and you you gained weight and changed overnight would you want your husband to love you well yes when you're wrong and you say the wrong thing or you mistreat him or you make a bad decision do you want your husband to love you well yes and i said you're exactly right you should you want him to unconditionally love you don't you yes so you want there to never be a condition by which there's no condition on earth that can come into your life by which he won't love you anymore. Right? Yes. So you want him to love you whether you deserve it or not. Yes. I said that's how he feels about respect. He needs for you to respect him whether he deserves it or not. Because nobody will ever perfectly deserve it. And, I, and just to say this categorically, if you're waiting for your husband to deserve it, you will not meet his primary need in marriage because he's never going to be perfect. But God calls him to unconditionally love you, although you're not perfect. And God calls you to unconditionally respect him and communicate that to him, even though he's not perfect. Number three. Submission is God's choice for the Christian wife to develop your husband's leadership skill to develop your husband's leadership skill. Ephesians 5 says wives submit to your husbands to the Lord. One one of man's most important needs we've said already is admiration and respect. How can he receive admiration and, and respect if you do all the leading? I'm not saying that you don't make decisions together. Sure you do. I'm not saying you don't seek one another's counsel. Absolutely. I'm not saying you don't work as a team completely. But, but in, a, in a marriage where the wife runs everything, the husband has no opportunity from her or his children to receive admiration or respect. And, and that will tear the marriage down because there's not an opportunity for that role to be fulfilled. Men can endure a lot of criticism outside the home if they're respected inside the home. But the reverse is not true. And so, part of the role is to, God has given the wife the role of submission in order to draw out of the man his leadership abilities, his decision making abilities, his discernment. I hate to say it this way, but if he doesn't get to practice on you and the kids, how's he going to get good? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Every husband here has done some really stupid stuff. But but God has put you with him as the lifelong companion that will love him when he's stupid and love him when he's smart. And that love and respect will create in him a very skilled person. And so God in his wisdom has built inside the family a developmental process. And if that role is not being fulfilled, then, then this is missing. Here's the last one, and I'll ask our worship team to come. And th- this is the big one. We'll touch right on the nerve. God has given the wife and the Christian family the role of submission in order to grow uh, her trust in God. Actually, we could have just started and ended here. I don't know if you've noticed, but to ladies, trust is a really big deal. When we got married, Stacy, I remember her saying to me one time, as if she was filled with relief, and we'd been married a year or two, I don't know, I really feel like I'm, I'm starting to trust you. And I thought, well, I've trusted myself for a long time. I don't, I didn't think I was going to do anything stupid. It didn't change the fact that I did. I just didn't think I was going to trust is a really big deal for ladies and sometimes she says i can't submit to him i don't trust him to always make the right decision i have incredible news for every woman here whether you're married or you're going to be married one day i have incredible news for you in order to fulfill your role as a christian wife you don't have to trust your husband I want to free you and liberate you in Jesus' name. And the women are going, yes. You do not have to trust your husband to make the right choice all the time. But when you shelter yourself underneath the covering God has given you, you're making a statement to everyone watching and the forces of evil that have come against your family that you trust God to honor his plan even when your husband's making bad choices. Submitting to your husband doesn't prove that you trust your husband. Submitting to your husband proves that you trust God. 1 Peter chapter 3. I want to end with this verse. It really is a special passage. 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 through 6. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as braided hair and wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes people have taken that to mean don't wear jewelry that's not what that means what that means is just don't depend on those things to make yourself beautiful your beauty comes from inside Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. That's a very different... uh, They would have a very different understanding of that word than we would have now. What that basically means is it's a respectful way to interact with your husband. It would be the same way as saying, calling your husband, husband, in a respectful way. It doesn't carry the tone of overlord <laughs> or anything like that. Like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. See, here's the deal. God has put inside the marriage the role that the wife needs to counteract her fear. Women oftentimes deal with fear, battle with fear. And what God has done is He's positioned you inside the Christian marriage. Remember what we said, that the purpose of the marriage is to reveal God's glory? And the way that God's glory is revealed is He has put the Christian wife inside the middle of the spiritual battle in a role in such a way that her fear can be counteracted with trust. And so sometimes I do what I do not because my husband's treating me right or not because he's saying the right things or not because he's even making the right choices, but because God has said it's his design and and I'm exerting trust in God. And as I exert trust in God, my faith rises and fear goes away. And then I begin to say, you know, it's not as important. And we'll find this on, on the husband's side next week. It's not important that I learn to control my spouse What's important is I learn underneath the fruit of the Holy Spirit to learn to control myself. And then fear will die and faith will rise and I'll begin to trust God. That's what it really comes down to and that's why God has constructed the role this way is so that so that the, the Christian wife might rise in faith, not in security, not, not in... Uh, not to become a doormat, but that she might rise in her own authority. And she might rise in her own confidence. And her confidence comes from God. And so now it's unshakable. And so no matter what my husband does, I end up okay because I was anchored in God anyway. And, and I, I didn't look for my husband to become my spiritual security. I looked to have a mutually submissive relationship, but my anchor is really God that make sense? Okay, that's as quick as I can do it. Everybody stand with me. What's well, been a good day? Wish, I wish we had a little more time, but would you do this? Right where you're standing, if your husband's here, I'm talking to the wives now, if your husband's here, would you just put your hand over on his shoulder, put your hand on his back? If you're a single lady here As we pray I want you to focus On the person that God's going to bring you one day And I want you to focus on the person God Is making you And I want you to pray In deep submission to Christ Who is your husband now But for those of you who are Put your hand on your spouse I want you ladies to begin to pray. And you don't have to pray real loud, but I would like you to pray at least loud enough that your husband would hear you. And I want you just to begin to bless him. And I want you just to begin to respect him. And I want you to begin to honor him. And I want you to begin to uh, speak words of affirmation and blessing over his life. Would Would you pray? I'll pray with you as you pray. Lord, today we honor the role of the Christian wife in spiritual battle. Today, Lord, we lift up the Christian husband, the man that you have put inside the families to be all that God has called him to be, and you have put along beside him an equal, a wife, a Christian wife, who is designed to walk in co-authority and is designed to submit under the lordship of Christ and the, and the pastoral leadership of her husband and the family. And we pray wisdom on these men. We pray life and peace. And Lord, we we respect them and we honor them. We admire them for all that they do for the family. And Lord, I pray that you would raise up in this place the servanthood spirit of Christ inside the wife that she might serve and honor and respect. And Lord, ultimately, find her glory. in in the honor of her husband. And Lord, I pray as marriages are strengthened over the next few weeks that there would come a revelation of your glory to families and to homes to this county, Lord, that we'd begin to see. We'd begin to see the mystery of the Spirit of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Good to be with you today. Go in peace.